This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook, and at trevorjamesflutes.com. Hello there, and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra with me, Jean Paul Wright. Let me begin by saying a huge thanks to Claire and Elizabeth Walker on their fascinating podcast last week on the subject of study books. We've had a lot of response, more than usual, especially those people asking for a list of all the books that were discussed in the pod. Thanks to Elizabeth, you can now find this list on the Talking Flutes Facebook page, which is at Talking Flutes. Thank you again for continuing to send us in your flute playing questions. I've managed to collate them all and Claire and I will be answering them on four Talking Flute podcasts during July and the beginning of August coming up. So this week, and with modern technology continuing to be at the forefront, you see, we in the UK still can't travel to most of Europe and certainly not to the USA due to COVID restrictions. I managed to catch up with Latin Grammy and Emmy-winning composer, musician, polymath and good friend of mine, Jose Valentino, at his home in Florida a couple of days ago to speak about his stunning new album. To, com- to speak about his stunning new album, Embarkation, The Resilience of Humanity Amid COVID-19, which is just completed with the brilliant Bruno Miranda and featuring Vladimir Suarez, Jose Leonardo Leon and Deris Lee. And as you will hear, what started out as a general chit-chat about the album developed into us listening to the whole recording and chatting about each piece. So sit back and enjoy my chat with Jose which includes this week lots of flute playing. Hey, Joey, it's been ages since we last spoke. What's been, what's been keeping you? been too busy. We're supposed to be locked down. Yeah. <laughs> do- what is up, JP? <laughs> JP. Yeah, no, everything's going really awesome and uh, really loving life right now in this particular season. You know, it's is bountiful with the arrival of our new daughter and um, a lot of wonderful projects, you know, productions that I've been able to execute for clients. Um, last I counted, it was 37 within the past four months. So a lot of good work as a producer, uh, composer and mixing engineer on a variety of productions. I think, you know, uh, this season, um, you know, during the pandemic and now with the post pandemic, as we return to a new normal, um, it has provided a lot of opportunities for us to connect um, and collaborate globally, you know, through the digital music industry. So lots of really unique opportunities and I'm very gl- grateful among all of those things to be able to sit down and have a wonderful conversation with the legend himself, John Paul. Do you know I'm almost blushing? <laughs> <laughs> Are you red, John Paul? Are you red right now? Uh, look at my face. We're on Zoom. So look at my face. Yeah. Oh, yep. There you go. A hint of red. Yeah, it's burnt, actually, because it's quite sunny here. Right. A big shout out, because we haven't done a podcast since you won the Grammy with that beautiful, beautiful contemporary piece of yours. What about my grandma? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what about my Grammy? <laughs> Grammy? Grammy? Oh, the Grammy. You mean the, the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, the Grammy? Grandpa? I, I, like, to, I like to call it a, um, you know, a, a lavish cup to pour a drink in, you know? You just kind of put it sideways and drink from it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I must admit, I was, watch, I was watching on TV, right, uh, on the internet, and it's quite small, that award, isn't it? It's a tiny little thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, a piccolo is is larger than a Grammy. I was like, wait a minute, is this what everybody's raving about? No, <laughs> no it's, it's small, but it's also heavy. It's really heavy. So. Oh, okay. But anyway, what, what what a wonderful award and voted by your contemporaries, by your peers. So it doesn't come better than that. But the piece in itself is going to lead in into the the reason why we're actually speaking today because it was a beautiful contemporary piece that had a visual aspect to it which when you combine them both sort of really made the the music and the visual sort of jump out at you yeah absolutely you know uh, it, it won for the category of contemporary classical composition and you know i think it's important for all of us to um, our job as musicians uh, is to create a multi-sensory experience for the listener and the viewer, you know, especially in this digital age where uh, it's not enough to just create music to listen to. I mean, uh, I think we all need to maintain and perhaps revisit and, or learn how to listen to music and just enjoy the listening experience. But, you know, every performance, live performance has a visual element as well. And, you know, the phenomenon of music is its ability to be able to enhance other aspects of art, you know, um, dance and, and uh, media, et cetera, et cetera. So it's um, really wonderful to be able to have, you know, uh, reached this particular experience as a winner, uh, specifically um, as a composer. And it definitely ignited a fire to be able to continue that journey. It's not uh, to be seen as something that is achieved. And now you can, you know, put your hat on the hanger, but rather let's continue on this theme of, you know, composition being utilized as a way of um, being an ethnography, as, as a way of, 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 you know, the composer being an ethnographer um, documenting the human experience in real time. That's why it's the category of contemporary classical composition. So you have carried this mm -hmm. on because the new album, which is the real reason why I'm speaking to you today. Mm -hmm. Embarkation, the resilience of humanity amid COVID-19. You've taken the contemporary vibe, the contemporary feel of your Grammy-winning piece and piece of music, which is absolutely stunning. And you've, you've sort of encompassed everything that people uh, experienced and everything that people did during the COVID-19 time. And yeah. let's let's speak about it. And before we do so, I'd like to play just the opening track. And sure. well, I'm not going to say anything about the opening track because let's wait until afterwards because there's a specific reason why you've started the album with this. Absolutely. So this is Go the ahead. first track on the album called Embarkation, The Resilience of Humanity Amid COVID-19. Thank you. 
Yeah, that was absolutely gorgeous. That was gorgeous. And if we take the word gorgeous, can I now say what the actual title was? The title of that piece, yeah. uh, the, the part of that piece it. we just heard, was An Evening With My Beloved. Right. Yeah. When you think about the title, Embarkation, The Resilience of Humanity Amid COVID-19, the first track, An Evening With My Beloved. So why that and why that there? Sure. Well, first of all, let me say that, uh, you know, it was a joy to be able to co-compose with uh, my brother from another mother, Bruno Miranda, who uh, has served on a number of projects where we've released as a duo, or I've even served in the background scene for his album, vice versa, as well. And so, you know, these are definitely co-composed pieces and um I think we live almost parallel lives in a lot of ways where we're married, happily married, and we have two kids and we're musicians, but we're also producers. And we, so we said, we got to be able to document this stuff because he, he ended up being, you know, one of my confidants during these times to be able to express what was going on and just kind of observe and try to reason with what was going on. That being said, uh, in my particular case, uh, and I think he can relate as well. Um, the piece An Evening with My Beloved is essentially inspired by the evenings that families and loved ones had to share together in their respective homes during a period of mandatory quarantining due to the pandemic. Um, emotionally, this song is portraying the beauty and the joys that we discover and perhaps rediscovered from spending time with our loved ones, making the quarantine experience not only bearable, but perhaps at times enjoyable and beautiful. And so when I think about uh, the style of music that um, we expressed through this composition, compositionally, we were inspired by the approach of Garber and Debussy. So very impressionistic, very beautiful, and you know, wanted to really evoke this feeling of surprised wonder that so many of us felt you know, uh, uh, as we realized what we have been missing a lot. And I expressed that by playing them uh the melody in a higher register at first as opposed to building it you know in a lower octave and then uh kind of you know having the pinnacle glorious moment in an octave higher or two octaves higher if you will you know uh it, it later on so i wanted to kind of make a statement wow what is this we are now quarantining and i've been missing out on this opportunity because of work or other reasons. And so, An Evening With My Beloved, which, yeah, An Evening With My Beloved uh, should be normal, but in the age of the digital economy, so often is the case that we don't even spend time with the beloved. And so it was kind of documenting that personal experience, but also the experiences that other people were conveying to me and just to one another. I can certainly feel and hear the influence of Debussy within that. And then yeah. part two, which the second track mm -hmm. is sort of fun and it has, again, very different influences and it's entitled Children Playing During Quarantine. So you're still based at home, so you still got this, we're, we're confined within the four walls of the house. But yet when you listen to it, it's quite mischievous and I can hear, I can hear a bit of Joey in that. And obviously, with Joey, there's going to be some ch child in that, isn't it? Because we all have to maintain the child within, don't we? Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, if you hear a little bit of Joey in that, that's because uh, the piece is really reflecting, from a personal perspective, my son, Luca, yeah. you know, who is uh, a part of me, right? And so um, this piece 
uh, children playing during quarantine is inspired by the reality of so many parents who experienced in depth the vacillating and mischievous, or we can add a third one, the French version, mischievous personalities. <laughs> mischievous. <laughs> I think you're half French, so I had to go there. So, uh, it, but it, it's, it's uh, you know, it's inspired by the reality of so many parents who experienced in depth the vacillating and mischievous personalities of toddlers as they, the parents, uh, had to manage both working full-time from home and also uphold full-time responsibilities for their children. So as you listen, you will hear the following behaviors. Politeness, well-mannered, urgency to play, mischief, and basking in the fantasy through the imagination. These are all behaviors exuded by children. And so finally it returns to the portrayal of children agreeing to follow instructions and be at peace. And so you'll also note that compositionally, uh, Bruno and I decided to write this piece inspired by Mozart, uh, partly because Mozart was known to be a composer even as a kid. And so that was one of the main reasons why we went there. Um, and also, you know, when Mozart, a lot of his music is so balanced and so appropriate, which are, uh, you know, attributes to describe the classical period. And so it's like what we want. We want order. We want balance at the home. Right. And so we said we got to go classical, like traditional classical. And so we did that. But then we had to put a little hint of Afro-Puerto Rican elements insinuating the clave and the percussion, invoking the varied behaviors exuded by children playing during quarantine. So that's why you hear uh, the clave with a trill. Right? And then uh, you also hear the percussiveness, a bit of reggaeton feel in the middle. And it's like, oh, they caught me. Let me go back and being polite again. And so, you know, that kind of vibe. And so <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed playing this piece. Butter wouldn't melt in their mouth, would it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a let's take a short listen of children playing during quarantine. I can certainly feel a lot of my kids when they were younger in that piece, Joey. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward 
uh, for flute players, you know, uh, just also building up that repertoire uh, that they can play, that it's not just written by a composer um, of our time, but, you know, uh, compositions that are meant to be able to reflect and to convey that we all can relate to, you know, so these are compositions for the people. You know, I don't think of them as my compositions. I just literally think of them as, uh, you know, Bruno and I, we just did ethnography of the human experience. So these are our pieces. And you would have heard from those first two tracks, it, they are human pieces. They are pieces that are sort of evoke sort of our own experiences, not just one person's experience, but our all. Mm -hmm. And the third one, and this is where it begins to darken this album, which is a reality behind COVID for many people. But also you've managed to get the resilience in there, the, the, the feeling, the depth, the, just the whole grab, the grabology. There's no such word as grabology, but when you grab something of resilience and it's entitled Embarkation, the Resilience of Humanity Amid COVID-19. So you start sort of, really beautifully and then you introduce the listener into the reality of how it has been mm -hmm. absolutely uh, you know as the title track of the album this composition encompasses the meta experience of the collective human race and how we urgently took unprecedented measures to innovate to support seek solutions to rescue and to accommodate anyone and everyone for the sake of our survival it is a piece that is highly emotional, expressive, and flourishing with melodic, rhythmic, and harmonic sheets of sound. Um, a concept, you know, coined, the, the, the phrase word uh, coined uh, to describe John Coltrane as, you know, there are moments in his playing where it wasn't so much to improvise melodies, but to improvise, you know, a bed of sound that just kind of help us um, express certain emotions that can't be conveyed merely by representational or resembling descriptors. And so Sheets of Sound in this particular case is to meant to exude the inner power of who we're capable of becoming, ultimately to inspire listeners to declare for themselves that they indeed are valued and capable and essential to the provision of their respective communities through global outreach and social impact. And you start in a minor key. Which leads the ear straight to yeah. the the potential for some sort of unease. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's dark in the way I play the flute with the, you know, the type of vibrato, the type of resonance on the flute. I mean, it's there's a lot of intensity, a lot of focus in the sound and in the expressivity, the way I uh, manipulated the um you know, just the different musical elements, uh, as well as Bruno. I mean, it, right from the get-go, it is abrupt from the very beginning, as was the pandemic, you know, as it spread it. You know, it spread it right before we even had time to prepare, right? And so, um, you know, resiliency comes from uh, this idea of being able to pull together even through the unexpected. And so, you know, um, aspects of, of his playing, Bruno's playing, really evoke um, sort of the attributes of this particular virus. And as well as how I started, you know, with one note um, just traveling. But then this, notice that there's uh, throughout this overarching theme of just the root and the fifth, buddy, which is uh, kind of insinuating uh, that call of a horn, of a ram's horn 
which is like an alarm, right? And we were alarmed that now it has traveled from this part of the world to this part of the world. And now it's traveled and continues to travel. And so it was like these, you know, red alert kind of announcements, right? And so there's all kinds of different musical uh, paintings, if you will, that are uh, exuding just the urgency and the suffering. And then it, sh then it transitions to the key of A major above all keys, you know, C minor to A major. And the reason why I did that is uh, to evoke uh, the adrenaline, if you will, um, that we that that we basically utilize to be able to come together to save ourselves as a human race. And then it returns back to C minor, of course. Yeah. Let's take a listen to Embarkation, the Resilience of Humanity Amid COVID-19. See, I, I quite like that. I quite like the the need to have to use your imagination. But once you've explained the reason, the narrative of the piece, it then becomes quite easy to get involved with. And that's why oh, I, yeah. I really, really like that. And the next one is the, the thing that held the glue, the society together during COVID and during lockdown and I don't know how many you had over there, but we've we had three, and the last one was particularly mm. hard because it was during winter. And it's entitled "Confiding in Family and Friends," just like here, conversation via Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, digital and social media video communication platforms such as Zoom and Messenger became essential ways for family and friends to sustain dialogue, relationships traditions and memorable moments, ultimately making these tools viable contributors to uh, the preservation of our communal growth as people and as individuals. So what this composition aims to bring to listeners is a sense of appreciative 
wonder, right? Not just wonder, but appreciative wonder, nostalgia, and loneliness coupled with togetherness, sadness coupled with joy. Um, you know, the music really reflects our collective desire to stay connected and experience the various forms of expressing love upon being allowed to physically reconnect. So compositionally, I was actually inspired by classical composers, uh, a former colleague at the university that I used to work at before, his name is Andy Harnsberger, who writes just really heartfelt um, pieces for marimba and another marimba uh, performer uh, named Arner Chu. So young person. And, and I thought about, um, you know, the marimba player that we utilize is a uh, current student of mine who is working professionally with me as well. And so um, you know, he played the marimba and then we had bass trombone, uh, a dear friend of mine who uh, we managed to just kind of be there for each other um, during the quarantine as well. And we had a lot of conversations via Zoom. And so I really made the piece um, initially inspired uh, by him and I had him be the main melody. And so I took more of a supportive listener role, if you will, kind of like agreeing with his conversation and affirming that I was there present to listen. And so I use the alto flute, but um, we mixed it ever so softly so that it's not in the forefront. And then Bruno also had a beautiful accompaniment playing. So it's a piece for um, basically a chamber ensemble of piano, alto flute, bass trombone, and marimba. And it may, it may sound odd to most people, but when you have a Zoom conversation, there is so many different shapes, sizes, uh, pitches, intelligence, ev anything in, within, within that Zoom community, there is so many different uh, facets to each person within that. Mm -hmm. and, so, and so taking all these sort of almost endangered species instruments, because you're talking about a bass trombone, you're talking about yeah. marimba, you're talking about an alto flute. Okay, everybody plays a piano. But I think it's very clever to actually use that as the conversation via Zoom. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I could have done it on other instruments, but I think, you know, uh, there's, it's the idea of us uh, playing our primary instruments, if you will, you know, uh, and the marimba is an instrument that can be found all the way in Africa. And it's the national instrument of Guatemala and, and uh, Nicaragua. So it migrated. And so there's like a sort of a haunting, th those are all instruments, by the way, including the piano. The piano is such a versatile instrument, but these three instruments, the marimba, the alto flute, and the bass trombone, uh, have a beauty, but also have a sense of hauntingness mm -hmm. to them. And so I wanted to set, select those and combine those sonorities just to maintain the overarching theme that, hey, while we are confiding in each other, we're confiding for the very actuality that, uh, you know, we're all of us are dealing with um, the pandemic and consequences of the pandemic. So there is a darkness to the peace while there is still sadness and joy and all of these sort of, uh, you know, contrary emotions that are interacting at once. So let's have an audio hintet. Hintet? Where's that come from? Hintet. Is, that, <laughs> is there such a word? Let's have a listen to Confiding in Family and Friends, Conversations via Zoom.
you know, Joey, I'm used to hearing a bass trombone rasping. Not played, not played <laughs> beautiful. You know that rap. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 you know, so almost the that farting noise that comes out at the back of the orchestra. <laughs> Well, that was yeah. Well, you know, uh, Dr. Jose Leonardo Leon, um, he's actually regarded as one of the finest bass trombone players, and he makes miracles with that particular instrument. I mean, I haven't heard, um, you know, anybody play as melodious the bass trombone the way he does, and so he, um, y- you know, he has a sexy way of playing that instrument for sure. Yeah, so. that was beautiful. Right, let's move on. Overcoming the pandemic. Now, you've put overcoming the pandemic in the middle of the album. Yeah. Um, why did you do that? Well, I, I did it because, you know, I didn't want to start off the, the album uh, with the darkest piece in, in, the, uh, in this whole project. I didn't want to remind just how horrible, you know, things were for all of us. Right. Um, and I didn't want to do it at the end, um, you know, because it's speaking more about us having to overcome the pandemic as opposed to we overcame the pandemic. So it's overcoming, you know, it's, it's the reality that, you know, we're at war and we're not always winning um, the battles, but we will win the war. And so I wanted, uh, you know, to start off with a sense of beauty and reality and, you know, uh, the realities of, of, what is working for us and how we are making things work. But now um, we have arrived to the piece that I like to think is dark, eerie, haunting, jagged, abrupt, feeling of terror, of horror, and uncertainty. And yet there's a glimmer of hope, promise, readiness, unity, resilience, power, valiant, and, uh, declaration you know uh, de- a declaring vibe like you know we're going to make this through it's a you know so re- a choice so you know the, these are the interplaying words to describe the battle between the current realities of 2020 and even 2021 and our willpower to create and reconstruct a better reality for us as a human race it is a war with the invisible enemy you know covid-19 that caused many of us to take a stand against the unforgiving virus and displaying a demonstrative focus to overcoming the pandemic through united efforts locally and globally so a uh, very 20th century you know atonal 12 tone vibe that we did with uh the piano uh and the bass flute trevor james bass flute and my dad so <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, 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 dear. Yeah, i'm gonna blush even more so let's have a little snippet of Overcoming the Pandemic, which is number five on the album.
Moving on, we have track six, which is the variations of Alfonsina e El Mar. Yeah. Uh, now, tell me about this, because I was quite happy reading through this and uh, listening, and then all of a sudden you throw in some Spanish, and um, that sort of, that, <laughs> I'm an old-fashioned English guy, you know, and it, uh, tell me about Alfonsina e El Mar. Yeah, it's interesting because um, this is also a dark piece. It's a traditional folk song. So this is the only song that is not original in the whole album. So what's original is the arrangement. I called it Variations because it essentially I took a folk song from Argentina and I created it uh, you know, with Bruno. Actually, no, this one was not with Bruno. This one was with our special guest, our other special guest, um, Vladimir uh, Suarez who played the piano. So this is the one piece where Bruno does not play. And um, Vladimir is an exceptional piano player and, and also music producer. Um, but he and I, we decided to do this piece that is about the reality that so many people faced, which was, uh, you know, uh, the feeling of suicide. And unfortunately, so many people committed suicide uh, with the pandemic due to just the, uh, you know, the unbearable circumstances, it became overwhelming. So it's a very sensitive topic and it's not uh, something that I wanted to shy away from because it is part of the reality of the human experience, you know? And I um, personally did not deal with that feeling um, at all, you know, during this time. So I decided to um, kind of call upon a famous piece that is about suicide and more specifically, uh, it, there is an Argentinian vocalist, Mercedes Sosa, along with Ariel Ramirez, who is a celebrated Argentinian pianist and composer, and Felix Luna, who was a poet and historian. And they collaborated together to create a song called Alfonsina y el Mar, which is dedicated to Alfonsina Storni, who was a 20th century poet who was diagnosed with cancer. And upon that diagnosis, uh, felt there was nothing worth more living, so she committed suicide at the age of 38 years old. And the poet committed suicide by walking into the sea, or el mar in Spanish, um, the mar de plata in Buenos Aires. So why was this piece included in the album? Well, uh, I was looking to try to find a piece that is known to evoke a feeling of absolute uh, loneliness and hopelessness and contemplation about life as a way of incorporating uh, this important part of this, the human challenges faced during the pandemic. And so um, what we wanted to do is to create variations of the song to expand the plethora of the human expressivity that evokes urgency, pain, and a whirlwind of internal thoughts more than anything. So like when you hear a lot of movement uh, happening with the piano and in the flute, it's more of like what's happening in the mind, um, you know, which is evoked in the flute, especially in the latter part of the arrangements. And so the this variations approach of composition um, as approached with the classical variations of Carmen for flute and piano. So brilliantly, um, you know, the newest version that I know of by the brilliant flutist, uh, Gina Luciani, I might add, get her piece, everybody. But, you know, the, this approach of variations, um, if you will, is intended to flow and improvisation is a, a component of it where I just actually do not play what's written on the page, but take the time to improvise while remaining true to the score. So ultimately it's the intent of Vladimir and I that the listeners will feel compelled to invest more time in communicating effectively with one another to fortify a sense of inner hope to proceed forward with life. Let's take a listen. 
And we're moving on to, do you know this is quite funny, this, is that we're actually going through the album, I wasn't expecting to do this, yeah. we're actually going through the album one by one. Um, do you mind that, Joey? I, mean, it's, I don't mind at all. I wanted to talk about the album in its whole, but it just seems, because there's so many different areas to each piece, it just seems a bit sure. logical as we continue just to talk about each track and put a snippet in. Are you okay with that? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Oh, it's so kind. Uh, so we went from the variations of Alfonsina y el Mar to the search for hope and direction. So we're beginning to get this. We t- we've turned the circle, haven't we? We're coming back on the sails. We're sort of humanity is the clouds are parting. There's a little ray of sunshine yeah. coming through. Yeah. And, and it's also uh, not just only the clouds are parting, but it's like, uh, so many of us felt like, okay, we've been here stuck long enough. We got to do something. We got to do something about it and we got to make the situation better. So, you know, uh, compositionally, uh, Bruner and I, we made this piece. It's tonally and harmonically inspired by the contemporary classical stylings of Poulenc, uh, believe it or not, as well as Paul Hindemith um, and Hans Zimmer. So it is intended to take the listener through a journey on the pursuit of hope and answers uh, to questions about the future for which we are uncertain. And I utilize the alto flute um, to evoke a sense of mourning and longing um, because, you know, there are a lot of different feelings, a lot of different adjectives, if you will, that have been describing each of these pieces. But mourning is is one of them and longing is a continued recurring theme. But... um, there's a stead drive on the piano to portray the feeling of time continuing on, even with the aftermath effects of millions of people, you know, who have passed away due to this evil virus, COVID-19. And so, you know, Bruno and I, we vent through our instruments um, in our own way, uh, respectively and collectively, um, to convey uh, a melancholic, melancholic melodies leading to, um, 
you know, notated parts that sound improvisatory that are aimed to evoke the rapid and vacillating feelings of sorrow and hope, ultimately to push through the compositions towards an upward, uplifting direction. Let's just take a listen of track seven on the album, The Search for Hope and Direction. You know that that was gorgeous it again you you have the you have this journey you have this movement and you have mm-hmm. this narrative i love a narrative in uh, a piece of music and talk of narrative the eighth track is called feelings of seclusion and you would think the feelings of seclusion would be earlier in the album because <laughs> we all felt secluded when we were locked down but i guess and again, this is coming from the outside, that feelings of seclusion is also post-COVID because a lot of people feel secluded in society. A lot of people have lost people and there is a seclusion that sort of is is in part of all of us because we've just experienced 18 months of nothing we've ever experienced before. Yeah, you know, I, it's, uh, I'll speak about this piece from a variety of perspectives. So... Um, from a logistical perspective, uh, you know, all of these compositions were composed by Bruno and I, and then there was this one piece that I did with Vladimir, and I said, I gotta include Vladimir. He's like, all right, no problem. And then I personally felt bad. He didn't feel bad, but I felt bad. I was like, man, I just, you know, it was all these pieces of Bruno, Bruno, Bruno and I, and then here I am using Vladimir. And of course, I just create these false scenarios in my mind. So I felt bad for him, so I said, hey, why don't you have your own piece? And so this is solo piano piece composed by him. And, and, and also uh, uh, certain ideas were composed by um, a pianist inspiration to the both of us, but a dear friend of his, who's a Brazilian pianist named Gleison da Silva. And so, um, you know, uh, more specifically, they teamed up together to create this piece, um, <clears throat> Feelings of Seclusion. And so compositionally, the piece is inspired by the stylings of the contemporary composer Franz Liszt, uh, mixed with gospel piano inflections. And that's because Bruno and Gleason 
um, both have a background in playing, uh, you know, piano in church and touring and recording in that style. So it's like Litz meets classical uh, gospel piano. Uh, so it's really, really cool. And the piece is intended to embody seclusion in all of what it seclusion can provide. So it embodies the imagery of people who are focused or are forced to dwell in seclusion due to the global pandemic, but somehow find a way to enter into a state of peace and tranquility and bliss and imaginative wonder. So seclusion isn't always bad. It's like, uh, you know, the, the introvert, if you will. And so feelings of the introvert might, uh, you know, uh, be appropriate uh, as a secondary title. So you'll notice that there's like, there's beauty, there's happiness, there's bliss, there's imaginative wonder that's being portrayed through this particular piece on the piano. Uh, and it's inspired by, you know, uh, both of their lives, uh, Bruno and Gleason, a story of individuals who overcome countless trials and tribulations while remaining calm and hopeful. I mean, I think that's the thing about Bruno is like, you know, all chaos could be happening pre-pandemic, during and even afterwards. And it's just like, He's just, he has an ability just to remain calm. Whereas for, for me, I'll go nuts. Just be like, oh my God, what do we do? You know? But uh, so I needed that to, to be expressed as well. And, you know, uh, Bruno and, and Gleason, they create a piece that provides listeners with a sense of uplifting freedom and unimpinged creativity. So as to say that it's okay for us humans to be secluded from time to time, if it means that we're allowed to, um, take the time to think and to recollect and to recuperate from life's arrows so i invite you all to enjoy life's arrows as you listen to feelings of seclusion that was gorgeous yeah i don't know how he does it you know and all that was done in one take too so uh you know he's just a, a true master <laughs> right the next one we're going spanish again and excuse my pronunciation right soñado con un mayor futuro awesome soñando con un mejor futuro ah soñado con un Major futuro. There you go. Mejor, mejor. Oh, okay. Shall I say it in Londonish? Yeah, yeah. Say it in Londonish. Sonado con un major futuro. <laughs> I think I think we need to 
reconfigure the Spanish language to sound like that. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Throw, why did you throw this one in at second from last? I had the other piece uh, that's called, uh, you know, the search for hope and direction. So this one is basically, it's called dreaming of a better future. That's what this actually translates to dreaming of a better future. Right. And so, um, you know, the, the pandemic forced us to, for a while, just to kind of either put a halt on our dreams. So we stopped dreaming or just to throw away our dreams, you know? So in a, in essence, dream no more, you know? And so I wanted listeners to know, uh, as we're wrapping up this album, you know, that it's okay to dream again and let's start dreaming again. So uh, compositionally, it's inspired by the contemporary stylistic approaches of Ernest Bloch and Sergei Prokofiev. And so Bruno and I, we, create, we aim to create a, a simple piece. I, I like to think of this as more, one of the more simple pieces of the album that is rather madrigal-like and ethereal, uh, hence to the composition translating to Dreaming of a Better Future. And the piece, um, you know, has moments of harmonic dissonance that combines Eastern and Western tinges, um, which yeah, I feel like Prokofiev and Bloch did so well, um, to evoke the ever-expanding duality of cultural emergence with both hemispheres. And so these pieces are aimed to convey the importance of listening and dialoguing for overcoming differences, something that to this day is very needed as humanity when we deal with other social, uh, social issues aside from the pandemic. So out of pure respect for all our Spanish-speaking listeners, I would just say take a beautiful listen to track nine. Right, the last piece on this album is, it, it's sort of got two conflicting words there. In, it's called returning to a new normal. Now, normal and new, sort of, in most people's minds, would have conflicted. But yet now, I think everybody understands what a new normal life is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, what I actually found to be conflicting was uh, when people were saying, once we return to normal. Because to me, seeing all the new additions to life and how we were communicating, navigating, and um, of 
which, you know, what we're talking about is just digital practices, you know, for conferences, for speaking, for business and, you know, uh, jobs now becoming digital so we can work from home and et cetera, et cetera. It's like we'll never return to the way things uh, once were. So now there's a new version of normal that will be for a very long time, at least. So returning to a new normal is the closing piece of the album aimed to bring listeners to a beautiful and resoundingly peaceful close. It aims to invoke those feelings when humanity was able to interact with each other in person once again. And the piece is centered in F major, which Bruno and I, we believe it to be a key of stability and gratitude, which are the feelings humans felt once they were allowed to step foot in public for social gatherings. And as the piece progresses, there are musical elements that are not so traditional within the style as to convey a new normal as opposed to returning to the old way of doing things. Compositionally, this piece was inspired by the contemporary composers André Jovillet and Carl Reinecke with a nod to the great Ludwig Beethoven. So uh, we really love this music. And, uh, you know, you think about Beethoven specifically, um, he was right there in between the classical and romantic period. I mean, his music segued into what was going to be a new normal of composition, the Romantic era. And so um, just in the same way, uh, we were inspired to create pieces um, by people who kind of embody the essence or the impetus of what each piece is supposed to convey. So I hope you listen and enjoy the last piece to this album, Returning to a New Normal. Well, before we listen to that, I'd just like to say thank you for giving me permission to utilise uh, excerpts from all your tracks on your album, uh, Jose. It's unusual for an artist to be as generous with their creativity. And um, on behalf of all our listeners, just like to say thank you. So, oh, of course, you know, my music is not uh, for myself alone. It's really for everybody. So, you know... Um, the, the score is available on the video and we want to make the score available free for everybody. And we're currently working on um, just polishing up the, you know, with the editor, um, the, the music so that we can actually use some of this as a concerto. Yeah, and, we're going to cover that yeah. in a second, shall we? And let, let's just, uh, before we, we, we close our last dialogue with Jose, let's listen to track 10, Returning to a New Normal.
we've done it. We've been through a complete album. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, Jose. <laughs> well, was it an experience, John Paul? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unusual because normally you talk about an album and play a couple of little snippets. Um, but I don't know what happened is that we started talking and um, sort of one thing led to another. So, again, thank you very much for letting us utilise uh, little snippets of your album. But you yeah, did say something. Time. You did say something at the end of that, which caught my attention. You're working mm. on a concerto, taking three of these pieces. Yeah, it, three, maybe four. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I think it's time for um, you know just the music community to have a new concerto, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, you, you know, I can certainly play all of these pieces, but I want these pieces to be um, accessible as part of the repertoire and they can choose to play just one movement uh, or two or three or even four, you know? And so um, it's really exciting because, um, you know, it, it's an opportunity to expand the repertoire, but with music that is aimed to be identifiable with, um, you know, individuals. And so really excited to hear all the various interpretations of this concerto once it's released and so really excited about that yeah yeah you, you're right there's, there's there's always room for another concerto isn't there because yeah there is a lot of flute pieces but is there really a lot of flute pieces because we have stolen um, our music from other instruments haven't we yeah so you know i mean and that's part of the beauty of what it is to be not just an interpreter of music but um a composer of music um is the ability to create repertoire um, that is going to push the boundaries of the instruments and of individuals' artistic capacities and uh, while making it super relatable for everybody. So, you know, I look forward to um, meeting people who want to play the music and I hope that there's a degree of accessibility so that people can say, you know what, I want to play that, right? It's, we respect the great composers of our beloved repertoire um but you know we need more we need more and there's not enough and so if i can contribute then let's make it happen so how do people find everything to do with this where do they find the album and how long do you think it will be before the score is available yeah i think the score will be available within um the next month at best two months but it'll be available rather soon. And um, it, everything is available. The music videos, the scores, the sheet music, you know, everything is available at josevalentino.com slash embarkation. josevalentino.com slash embarkation. Of course, you can stream it on Spotify, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. But if you want to see where everything is, including the playlist for the whole album as well that's just a one-stop shop to be able to see everything and so i'm um, really excited as well because this weekend bruno and i we're actually working on the documentary so we'll be in person recording we have a whole video crew uh you know lights and look flashy and we're going to work on the documentary behind the scenes as well um, and in that we're going to uh, also record the music video of us performing embarkation as well in a recital hall so this will be exciting is this what grammy winners do is it they go posh <laughs> <laughs> they get they get the documentary makers in because you're big enough now 
<laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's so funny, right? Because, it, uh, you know, the earlier albums, I never really did those kind of things. But uh, <clears throat> we just have to continue expanding the forms of communication because we are oversaturated with information. And, you know, we're competing with all these algorithms and social media. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think it's it's a way to not just ensure well, that's with an I ensure and even ensure legacy but it's also a way to um, be able to um, you know improve search engine optimization as well I guess you know by having more content about um, the work you know I just I think the this particular album um, a lot of my listeners and critics have actually recently said they they feel like this is the best album that I've made and you know as a solo artist, this is my 16th album. I mean, you can see the albums, uh, actually, no, 17th, 17th. So for, you know, critics that I really respect, you know, that are not afraid to tell me that the album, this particular album, I think was weak, you know, those people, for them to say that it's the best one, they say it's the best one, not because of musicianship or virtuosity, but, you know, it's the whole collective experience and, and process that was created, um, that was that was done to create such a uh, work of art um, that just kind of resonates with listeners who love classical music, but also that might not be into it. They can all relate with it, and I think that's something that um, is a, a dream of an entrepreneur that happens to be an artist as well. Because artists want to be honest, they want to be authentic, and are concerned with the quality. But, you know, the entrepreneur is also concerned with the quantity. And it's not about the quantity of sales. We're talking about the quantity of individuals that we're able to impact. And so if I can reach people that are normally not into this kind of music and I can reach them um, and that they can relate and inspire them to listen to other great composers who, you know, inspire me, including those who are contemporaries, then I think um, there are a lot of successful missions that have been accomplished within one project well i remember meeting you when i first met you all those years ago a quiet little joey sat on the sofa in los angeles you've changed my man you've changed (laughs) (laughs) you've grown as a you've grown as a human being you've grown as a musician you've grown as an artist but i personally wouldn't say that one album's better than another because each one is a moment in time and it is you sure. at that time. And oh yeah. And and but for me, I would there is something special about this, not purely because of the topic, but because of the way you've created the album. How you sort of turn Yeah, you know, and, and, and also uh you know the, I've been able to take the flute and perform it in a variety of different contexts. And my training is classical. But I didn't want to come up with a classical album that is another interpretation when there's so many amazing interpretations of the, of pieces that, you know, quite frankly, I feel like I, I, I approach, you know, albums as a way of, you know, statements that once they're there, they're there and they don't need to be reset, rehashed, you know? Uh, and so there are people who have interpreted, you know, Bach, Mozart, and all of these classical pieces extraordinarily well that for me, it's like, you've done it. You have said it. Why do I need to re-say it again just so that I can say that I have my version? You know, I want to remove ego. Oh, actually, I want to remove ego away from uh, the album production process, um, always. 
And so, you know, coming up with new pieces that allow me to play unimpinged, um, you know, as it pertains to flute expressivity, that to me was a true joy because, uh, you know, I let loose in uh, in jazz and fusion and commercial music on the flute, but man, it just, this album really allowed me to kind of unearth, um, you know, aspects of who I am through uh, contemporary classical flute playing and just really let it out, you know? So it was really fun. Well, again, thank you very much for, well, for, for coming on today. And uh, we've had a few issues with uh, Zoom recording today. Um, we've, we've had numerous attempts at trying to go through and we're trying to go through different uh, gadgets and microphones and whatever. But thank you once again for taking all the time. Uh, much congratulations on the artistic content within this, but also playing it. Because being a composer is one thing, but when you play and perform, you're performing your, your own work. And so it's when people can get the sheet music to this, when they listen to you, they can notate, put the breath marks in and whatever, because the person that created that story is telling you it through the, 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 the oral sounds of each note. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been, it's been wonderful. I wish the album much success and you continued success as always. And, well, you know, and, and truthfully, uh, I mean, so many of my projects have been, a result of your ideas that I just um, say yes to and manifest. You know, I mean, we did the um, the Happy Flutist project, you know, and I provided those um, compositions as a basis for other people. And so, you know, I I do agree with you that you know uh, there might not necessarily be a best album that I've done. I personally love every single one because they bring back so many memories and stages of my life and you know that i can enjoy enjoy and appreciate you know what i knew and what i could do and what i didn't know and couldn't do as yeah, well and absolutely. so yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it's all fun and i look forward to being able to um you know manifest your uh continued crazy ideas yeah that's me crazy ideas and i look forward to having that jose bear hug in the not too distant i mean we can bear hug we, we can't shake hands anymore it's all a bit weird isn't it but uh hey man you, you can hug me <laughs> virtual <laughs> hug from london <laughs> uh, love to courtney love to yourself love to your wonderful parents and uh luca and your gorgeous new daughter violet violet yeah. oh beautiful uh wishing you a wonderful day and again thank you for joining i think you're the our most popular um podcast guest people often ask for you probably because you keep talking and people don't have to listen to me anymore maybe it's not what i say maybe it's maybe it's that sexy deep voice oh yeah <laughs> i know i know y'all are listening you just want me to come up with a record where i just talk about anything and just say it with this voice oh yeah yeah that reminds me i'm not going to go into it but it reminds me of a story told me about an uber taxi driver in uh, you, you and you and Guala were coming to meet us in uh, Anaheim. You were Anaheim. Co you, you were coming over to meet us in Anaheim for a podcast uh, uh, recording, and you're telling us about the story of this Uber driver that had this voice that was yeah. so low, and I and I couldn't actually get down there, but you quite easily you can, can't you? Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, wish, wishing you a great day and uh, much success with the album. And, you know, let's catch up again soon, Joey. All right, man. Let's catch up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And always a pleasure to speak with you, John Paul. Take care, everyone. Ah, thank you once again to Jose and to you for listening to Talking Flutes Extra. I'm up again next week with the brilliant flute player and teacher Frederico Sanchez on a Talking Flutes podcast entitled Developing Your Own Flute Voice. So until then, wishing you a wonderfully musical week ahead and may your octave leaps be particularly easy. Goodbye all. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.